Holy Spirit, come by means of the power of intercession, we back to Mary, my well beloved spouse. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. <clears throat> Today is the second Sunday of Advent, and as we saw last Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent, we celebrate more than one coming of our Lord during this season. His first coming as a lowly babe born in Bethlehem in humility to die on the cross, and the second coming in glory at the end of time. Some saints even speak of a third coming of Christ who comes to us in the Eucharist. Jesus said, I will be with you forever. And <clears throat> I'll call attention to our post-communion prayer today because it sets a nice tone for the reading is a common theme. It reads, teach us to despise the things of earth and to yearn for the things of heaven. This really concerns the virtue of hope, as what St. Paul speaks of in the Epistle to the Romans, our epistle today, that through the patience, patience and consolation for the scriptures, we may have hope. John the Baptist, who is featured in today's gospel, was an example of someone who was inundated with this virtue, you may say. He lived a life in the wilderness, dressed in rough clothing, ate locusts and wild honey for his meals, and he was called in order to prepare the people for the coming of Jesus Christ. He did so by a baptism of repentance. And the Old Testament even made reference to John the Baptist. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, the prophet of the Old Testament says, Behold, I send my messenger to prepare the way before us. And John is that messenger who was sent to prepare the way for Jesus. John was more than a prophet. Prophets spoke about the future, and John was blessed to have pointed out the Messiah at his coming. He points him out at the Jordan River. We'll be linking the Old and New Testaments together, the Old and New Covenants. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus is the true Lamb, and <clears throat> that Old Testament Lamb of the Passover was a prefigurement of Jesus Christ. John points out Jesus that makes him the greatest of prophets. And the theme of this Mass, as I said, is, is that virtue of hope. Again, I'll quote the Epistle of St. Paul. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And also he refers to Isaiah chapter 11 verse 10. In him the Gentiles shall have hope because Jesus came not only to redeem and save the Jews, the chosen people of God, but every person of every single nation. Hope is a beautiful virtue. It's one of the three theological virtues infused 
by God into the will in which we have trust and certitude that we will attain eternal life. Not absolute certitude, but relative certitude. As long as we're following the gospel, trying to lead a good life, keeping away from mortal sin, praying, going to Mass, receiving the Eucharist, we have relative assurance that we will get to heaven. We have that hope, assured certain hope. And not only that, but hope includes that God gives us the means necessary to attain that end. The object of hope is heaven. And God gives us the means, of course, for celebrating the Mass. The Eucharist is one of those chief means, in addition to baptism. Hope on the natural level means that we will expect to achieve something in the future, some result from our efforts or good fortune. But we're talking about the theological virtue of hope, which is supernatural hope, above the natural. And the eternal beatitude, being the object of hope, is what we are looking forward to, a face-to-face -face vision with God. And it's important to remember, I like to stress to people, that we make our heaven, the joy of heaven, by the lives we live here on earth. That is through the merit that we gain. The more we conform ourselves to Christ here on earth, the greater share in the lumen glory, the light of glory, we will be given in the kingdom. The light of glory allows our minds to people with God, and God will bestow a greater share of that lumen glory upon the soul that has attained a greater share in the life of Christ. Those who have merited more, God rewards our efforts. The Virgin Mary is the greatest of the saints. She has the greatest vision in heaven. That face-to-face -face vision of God is what we were made for. Our intellects were made to know the truth and our wills to love. Knowing, seeing God more fully, we'll be able to love him more fully in heaven. And as I mentioned before, another object of hope is the means to attain that end. Well, we must pray, we must receive the sacraments, especially the Eucharist, the grace that God gives us. We read the Bible, do these things. Supernatural hope tends to its object with that certitude because it flows from faith, which is certain about the things that God has revealed to us. At every funeral mass, I talk about hope because we're hoping that this person for whom the Mass is offered, whose body will be placed in the tomb and will decay, will rise, glorified, on the last day, in order to share eternal life in the kingdom, body and soul, or body and soul individuals. The end of our hope, I'd like to say, is the resurrection. And the Eucharist is the pledge of our future resurrection, because it is the risen, glorified body and blood of Jesus Christ that we receive. Now, there are two major sins against hope. They are presumption and fear. Presumption means we take for granted God and do not use the supernatural means he gives us to be saved. God is a good and merciful. I'll get that grace or I'll repent you know, sometime down the line. Well, that time may never come. 
That's why Jesus says we must be prepared for we know not the day nor the hour when we will have to stand before him. The other sin against hope is despair. And Satan tries to tempt us to despair, to abandon all hope. Those in hell despair. In fact, Dante paints the words on hell, those who enter here abandon all hope. There is no hope in hell, and that's why hell is so horrible. There's no hope of seeing God. Christian hope and the joy that accompany it are a consequence of faith and the love of Jesus Christ. What is the basic reason for the hope of, or the joy of Christmas? Well, it is the hope of eternal salvation that Jesus brings with his birth, and we know that he is going to die on the cross and be our Redeemer. And today's introit is a sign of this. People of Zion, behold, the Lord shall come to save the nations. And I think I mentioned last week, you know, we're, we're surrounded by a neo-pagan culture, you could say, uh, very secular, and it views holy days just as holidays like Christmas and oftentimes doesn't look to the proper reason for the celebration of this great feast that we look forward to. That's why I always recommend going to stores, say Merry Christmas if the cashier says Happy Holidays, remind them what this celebration is really about. And let us make the words of St. Paul our own during this holy season. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in all hope and in the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.